Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I remember being like, well, how is this going to work with this show? <laughs> how, do, what, how are we stretching out this relationship? Like, what... Because we had to make it alive and, and sexy and interesting, but also we couldn't commit to it. Like it was, we had to play this ambiguity. All, and I, I remember that very much in season one. My name is Anna Silk. For six seasons, I played Bo on the hit TV series, Lost Girl. I am so happy you are here for the Lost Girl Rewatch podcast to take a trip down memory lane with me, the amazing cast, and some very special guests. I'm so glad to finally be able to say the family is back together again. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Lost Girl Rewatch podcast, where we are discussing episode four already. Can you believe it? Um, I am very excited today to introduce my co-host. Oh, gosh. I will get through it without crying. I, I'm sure I will. I'm very happy that he is here. My co-host for today is one of the kindest people that I know. Oh, man. He has astonishingly handsome good looks, and his heart is wide open. Dyson always held so much life lived 
with a sense of danger always present in him. This character, with whom I will feel a lifelong connection, was played by the spectacular Chris Holden Reed. That is the nicest intro I have ever had in my life. I'm going to get <laughs> Oh my gosh, Chris, this has been an emotional roller coaster for me. I, I bet. Like, yeah, it really has. I'm through. so happy to see you. You too. Both, and we're both here. glasses now. <laughs> I know. You're getting We've, more beautiful. I lost the uh, beard. The, 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 the audience is going to know who the hell I am. They're like, that's not Dyson. It's, I mean, actually you are, you are a bit of a shapeshifter when it comes to all the different roles you play. Um, Rachel and I were talking last week about, I was like, did you ever see the one where he had his hair slicked back and I had a big, like sleazy mustache. And I was like, I liked that look. Oh, that was a dirty show. That was the bridge. Yes, it was. It was the bridge. Yep. Mm -hmm. That was a dirty show. I remember we were all at John Fawcett's in his living room watching. That's um, right. Oh my God, that's right. Because I did the pilot with that. And then I jumped on the next pilot with him, which was Lost Girl. Lost Girl. Exactly. And here I we are. I him to thank for getting me in here. And our amazing audition chemistry. And that broken I, wall. And that broken wall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> one of my favorite audition experiences, for sure. It's gotta be. It's, I it's think number it's, one. It's a step sure. of legend. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, um, maybe we talked about this before, but... Do you remember after our, our screen test together, you drove me back to my hotel? Mm-hmm. You had this tiny little car, I remember. And it was, the, the, I remember you had to scrape the windshield. It was that oh, yeah, time of year. It was in the winter. It was that time of year. Yeah. Yeah. And you drove me back to my hotel and we were kind of saying like, oh gosh, like, I feel like, I feel like we might get these parts, but like, you know, actors can't really ever say yeah. that because oh, we, we never really like, didn't know. You can't, but, hope. Um, you can't let your hope get too high. I know. But, but you did, you drove me back to my hotel. I remember. Yeah. Well, we needed after that, like we all put ourselves out there pretty hard for this. Like we were trying, we, did. we kind of needed a little bit of like a, how, how do we do? Are we okay? Is this going to happen? Maybe. <laughs> I know. And I had never met you before until no. that, that audition room. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, for those that don't know and who maybe have never heard the story, the audition was one of the sex scenes. Like they needed to see us. So it was like, it, it was actually, so our pilot episode was what airs at episode eight in this yeah. show, uh, in season one. And uh, it's, it was that scene where she shows up at the door all wounded and it's like, I told you I'd never again or something like that. And yeah. he's like, oh, come on, Dyson, one more time. <laughs> I love your reenactment of us. <laughs> and do you remember filming it? Was like it felt like filming a fight scene. It was exhausting. It was brutal. And oh yeah. my god, that is actually one of my funniest sex scene stories because I remember the 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 gag was uh, I was above you. I had to roll you up in the frame, and the yeah. cut on your neck had to come into like a close up or like and heal CGI heal afterwards. Yes. And I remember I, you were on the bottom. We were both wearing nothing. Like you had that thing and I had that thing. <laughs> I know the thing. And my thing doesn't cover that thing. And so I just... My thing doesn't like, cover that thing. No, oh, God. 
And it was like I was bent over top of you with my butt up in the air and the entire video village of producers is behind us without they a They were flag. behind I was us. Shielding like from my naked butt. Oh my god, I didn't know that. I didn't want to be on top and you didn't want to be on top. Oh, and so now important. now we know why. I just like watching Vanessa Piazza back there behind Monica. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what else about that day that you might not remember? What's that? It was my birthday. Oh my gosh. It, it was my birthday that day. That's like, I, I mean, how could I forget? It was my birthday. Yeah. And I'm like, I am naked what on top birthday. of Chris Holden Reed filming this pilot. I know. Oh my gosh. So many memories. Um, so many memories. I couldn't remember that. No. I know. It was. It was a great, the whole thing, the whole thing has been great. And now we, here we are like 12, 13 years yeah. later. Um, Going and back. We're going to talk about episode four, Mm -hmm. which is called Fatal Attraction. Mm -hmm. It was written by Jeremy Boxen and directed by Steve DeMarco. And was this the first episode that Steve DeMarco had directed? I think it was. I don't remember for sure, but if you're remembering that too. That was number four. I think that's when it came in. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, can you see it, right? In the performances. Yeah, he 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 got into that. He loved our show. He loved it. Um, yep. Yeah, he yeah. absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, my first question for you is: How did you feel watching this episode, and what were your first impressions? <laughs> uh, it was amazing to remember. Actually, like my first impression was: God, Dyson's grumpy. He's just such a. <clears throat> What's his problem? Lighten up, dude. <laughs> I actually loved that about him in this one. Well, that's that's what I was going for in the beginning. Like, we, you know, we when we first started this show, like, you know, with Michelle and like the 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 premise was really dark. We were going for kind of a darker, mature, funny drama, like you know, sexy sci-fi drama. And so, I felt very like I was like I could go in that direction, which isn't very typical tv direction acting i remember kc when after a couple of first days of acting he's like dude when i when i saw you acting i didn't know what you were doing man like honestly i was like what what is this guy doing then then he saw some of the rushes because remember we used to all hang around in the production office and actually watch the dailies while we ate our lunch I remember we said they brought this new couch in. it was from cindy crawford designs i don't know why i remember that Uh, but i remember us sitting on the couch watching dailies and like how luxurious like that never happens anymore like yes because usually they won't let us no and actually it's a bit of a slippery slope to let actors watch dailies and for people listening dailies are what you have basically filmed in the pre you know previous day before yeah yeah um i think for us though it was tremendously educational because we saw what the show was and like it was it was almost always you ksenia and myself just sitting there studying the show and studying performance interaction and also, Honestly, it gave us a, it gave me a sense of the world we were in. It really did, absolutely. Like, all I what knew we, was myself in it, you know. Yeah. But it gave me a three sixty view. And how we could position us, and like where we could push, you know, and like, um, but yeah, I was pretty dark and grumpy, dark and grumpy Dyson. Well, he was in love uh, with Bo, but he couldn't uh, show it, and it was but just. I love oh, that. Oh. So this is the part, and we forget this, but we were we were like super into each other in mm-hmm. season one. 
you know, uh, and many seasons after that, of course, and it develops. This one was always super into you, but like, you know, then the Norn came along. Oh, I know that bitch. (laughs) Um, No, but it's, I love that. I love this episode. I love that the theme is sort of rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bo and Dyson both feeling rejected. Jenny, ultimately the character that, that the guest star, amazing guest stars. She was terrific. Yeah. She was terrific. I, the guest stars are, I mean, they're always amazing. And these ones in particular, uh, she was incredible. Mm-hmm. Kristen Pellerin, I think was her name. Uh, I love the sisters, the Furies. I mm-hmm. love your line. Furies always have sisters. Like I just, that's so, tells you so much about the Fae world. Just like that, you know? Yeah, it was really nice to see how, you know, that the writers were the savvy and that we were able to, you know, those little stepping stones of building the reality, right? Like, yeah, I was always, I remember uh, in season two when our new showrunner showed up and he was like, what do you think your job is on the show? And I was like, my job is to make reality real. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> make the Faye world real. Dyson's real. So is the Faye world. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> And I felt like that was really what we were doing in season one, just like making that world tangible and like. Yeah. And the writing, you're right. It was stepping stones, you know, like we found like just all the, you know, up to this point. So we've, we've, as a, as a family, we have watched episodes one through three, just so you know, for your memory, Chris, the end of episode three, Bo goes to the Dalriata to profess her her newfound love for Dyson and she walks in on Dyson making out with the waitress. That's where we ended episode three. So episode, just in case you didn't see that or remember that, um, that's why there's this tension, extra tension between Bo and Dyson um, in this episode. And I, but I loved it. I loved seeing Dyson. Like I loved seeing him deal with big feelings. This is the start of it. Yeah. Yeah. And he won't, um, I love, I mean, I always love seeing you and Hale in the cop shop. The cop shop is, I think is one of my favorite places. Casey's but, so good. Like, honestly. So good. I know, but I love seeing you like at the case board and talking and you just don't want to say it's about Bo, you know? Oh, and you breaking that guy's arm was so gross. It's so gross. It's not I know, it's just, it's, it's the sound. Yeah, it was gross. Um, but I like that Dyson is so clearly affected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously I love both of the scenes you have with your, the therapist and just where one starts and where the last scene, which we can talk about at the end, but it's one of my favorite moments for you ever, I think. Um, it's a good it's moment. Just, that, yeah. yeah it's, it was nice to see Dyson so vulnerable, frankly, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> extra vulnerable. I also loved seeing, I mean, so so yeah, I loved seeing Kenzie and Bo in bed in the beginning with Kenzie with a popsicle, like all of that stuff. So great. Like, yeah. It was so great and so much fun. And I, I had forgotten all of that, of course. Yeah. And the smashing of the car, which we had so much fun doing, which I remember yes. watching you guys do that because yes. I was it was all on that set the yes. same day. It was the same set as the farmhouse, right? Yeah. And like my And my we could only do that take was, once. Yeah. Because we were smashing windows. Yeah. You know, so we really had to be careful of that. From my memory, we shot it once. Maybe we didn't. Maybe they replaced windows. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I love seeing all, all of that. Um, and I also like seeing one thing I noticed in this was Bo starting to 
sense the rules of the Fey world. Like she mm-hmm. makes some kind of comment like uh, to Kenzie about like we can't. Oh God, what was it? Now I'm forgetting. But just like oh, we can't tell we can't tell Jenny about that they're Fey or whatever. She wants to like tell Jenny what's going on. Right, right, right. The point being is that Bo is starting to find a sense of order. Like she's starting to understand. Like I kind of have to play by some of these rules so yeah. that I can live by my own. You know. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really great. Uh, that was a really yeah. great sort of uh, arc of season one was Bo's finding her place and like, or you know, that it's really the the origin series um, season, right? So like, yeah. all of those things were just so fun and like really grounded. You know, it was like these are real situations of like someone having to figure it out. I think that's yeah. why that season, this season one was just like, there was, you know, it was, there was, we weren't jumping the shark at this point. <laughs> we weren't. No, we weren't. And I feel like, I mean, season one is going to be probably our most special season in a lot of ways. I, I have other seasons that I particularly enjoyed as well, but yeah. there's something special about season one. Also just in the storytelling, we we definitely had a case of the week feel, mm-hmm. um, but but we had so much rich storytelling around the relationships that it never felt yeah. like there's, there's a few episodes in the first season that feel just like a caper, you know, like we're on the case and there's not a lot of relationship development, but we just had a friggin' good time, <laughs> you know? Um, what is your best memory of filming this episode? Do you have a specific memory or memories? Uh, well, it, it came, it came back in a huge flash when I was, Oh, wait a minute. No, that's the next episode. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's hard to keep them straight. It's yeah, hard to keep them straight. That's uh, okay. Just watch them. Um, in this one, yeah, there was, uh, there was a couple scenes at the bar mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, yeah, just, you know, you get the visceral, real memory. And, and, and the cop shop, too, because at that point, it was just like getting, like, that had to be Dyson's base. And it was like, like, you guys had the, the house, right? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like. We had to make it our own and get, you know, feel, feel alive in it, feel part of it. And yeah. I remember gelling in, in, in a couple of those scenes there and just like feeling like, oh yeah, okay. Get, I'm getting the cop Dyson now. Um, but yeah, I, I remember being, being at the Dow when you picked up the, the, that other couple. It's like, I know. Just like, I actually loved that whole sequence. Like I like, Bo and Kenzie are out for girls' night out, right? That was terrific. And I loved that, like, it was a long time that Ksenia and I were sitting there and Bo's kind of spinning around on that bar stool and Lauren yeah. comes in and has her moment, of, which is, like, you know, so magnetic because it's Zoe Palmer and she's amazing. Yeah. And and then the couple come over and then Dyson walks in. I love how Bo kind of in a very teenager way, like, walks by him and snubs him. Mm-hmm. But, I like, I love, I just remember that whole sequence and i remember sitting in that spot for so long and just having so much fun mm. yeah. yeah i remember being like well how is this gonna work with this show <laughs> how yeah. do what how are we stretching out this relationship like what because we had to make it alive and and sexy and interesting but also we couldn't commit to it like it was we had to play this ambiguity all and i, I remember that very much in season one we also shot very much out of out of out of order, so as I remember, we were doing which made very, me crazy. By the way, uh, absolutely for you, I can't. I 
hats off to you about how you well, did remember it. they'd give us notes and it would say like Bo and Dyson are doing this now. like they they had a fight now they're back together but they're kind of yeah. mad at each other and they're and it's like okay so I mean, yeah we were always kind of struggling where to place our performance and like mm-hmm. I remember oftentimes we just had to do a kind of ambiguous sort of like just laying it out there so that it could be interpreted either way yeah but you know it speaks to chemistry mm-hmm. also casting and also you know writing and all of the all those other things that have to happen but what the reason i'm thinking that chris is because you we were talking about our audition and i was thinking like we had never met before walking in that room together mm-hmm. but it worked why mm-hmm. we didn't know each other i'd never spoken to you ever you know like why why did it work we i don't know what the answer is there doesn't have to be mm-hmm. one but you know, I in terms of right, just, though. I mean, it's, 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 and it's, yeah. it's chemistry is such a, you know, there's so many different parts of it, whether it's, you know, the intellectual side, there's whatever it was, we both knew what we needed to do. And it was, thank God it was on par with each other, you know, yeah. like we, and we were both serious. Like we, we both yeah. wanted that role. Like we did, I don't think I wanted a role more than Dyson. Up until then, probably never after that, maybe, you know, a couple of times, but like, that was the one that I was like, this is the role that I can make do better than almost. I knew, I just knew it. I was like, this is in my, in my guts, this role. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, and it was the first time actually that I, in an audition, when I'd done my own audition before, before they brought us in, where I actually vocalized that to, uh, I think I think Vanessa and Jay were in the room, and uh, Jay has told me that story. Yeah, well, someone has like, told me that story. I think it was Jay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, "Look, I know you want to really, you know, I want know you want the macho, good looking guy, but I can do this role better than anyone." <laughs> like, I just basically said, <laughs> and, yeah, "And give Jay me just, this part." You know what? There's there's that's valid to say. I mean, you knew yeah. you knew it. Also, you're not exactly hard to look at. Chris Olden Reed, but I do know what you were saying. I do know what you were saying. And it's, I think it's good that you vocalize that because why not? Like, yeah, why not? I mean, when you feel something like, why not? Yeah. So, um, and then us together, remember, so, and we, well, we shouldn't mention, but they, they paired us with two, you know, there was, yes, I I couldn't believe they only brought in, they brought two bows and two Dysons, but frankly, who knows what went on? Who knows? The day before, they may have had seven. The day after us, like we never know. We always think it's like just us and one other person, but like you never know. But there was only four of us there that day, and they sort of mixed and matched. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was interesting. It's interesting how we're, you know, we're talking about the audition because I think what comes up is just us both recognizing, even in watching this episode, the the Bo Dyson dynamic was so special you know, and yeah. so strong and mattered so much. That was, that was one, you know, it, it, well, there was those key relationships in this show. Right. And then yeah. this show actually had a lot of them. Like we had our, like our group had such, you know, we had, it was an ensemble show really with you, yeah. with you as the, the main lead. And, uh, but I mean like every, and this was the brilliance of the writing team is that everyone had through lines. And intercon- and good interconnections with each other, like mm-hmm. Dyson and Trick had some great stuff. Oh, Hale, you guys had great stuff. Hale and Kenzie, you know, and 
Lauren with everybody, you know, Lauren's, uh, you know, it was always, it was, and even then. Everyone was fully fleshed out. There was nothing. It was. Yeah. I know. We were, we were so lucky. We were so. We were so lucky. And I think we knew we were lucky, which is, I'm glad that we, that we knew it then because Mm -hmm. it's important to know that. Um, I also remember, uh, the whole farmhouse sequence at the end, which like with the rolling of the head and the explosion and all that stuff. I remember that enjoying filming that it was a really long sequence and the, you know, the furies come in and all that stuff. Uh, I remember enjoying that time on set, even though it, it took us a very, very long time to film. One of my other best memories of that episode is the scene between Bo and Dyson at the end though, on the couch. It's so mm-hmm. sweet and loving. And okay. you were amazing in that because like I said earlier, Dyson, you know, he's been a bit of a grumpy little, not sure what to do with himself, how to place this. Who's this new yeah. girl. And, uh, you brought that so much life in there and, and acceptance. And like, you totally drove that scene. And like, I was just so happy that I slash Dyson had you to act to, to bring that to that scene. Cause yeah. that scene could have been like, could have been a bit, Caddy, you know, this is, it could, but it was just so, you know, the, the, the theme of that scene for me is when Bo says, I forget exactly what she says, but she says something, 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 something. And I trust you, Mm -hmm. you know, she just has this, I trust you. And she means it through and through. And you can see Dyson is affected by that. I just thought it was so beautiful. It was was Um, a really great written scene. And honestly, you brought so much to that. It was a, it was lovely to watch the first yeah, it time. It was lovely to watch. Um, most difficult or challenging thing about filming this episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Anything come to mind? Um, this one didn't have a lot of tough stuff for, for Dyson. He was mostly just kind of, 
Well, I guess, I mean, just, just being that sort of, I don't like, like, I don't like being that dark shut off kind of guy. So doing those scenes, like whether it was with the therapist or, you know, with, with uh, Casey Hale, you know, where Dyson's just like shutting everyone out, like pushing them away and like, no, no, push, push, push. That was, as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, that's part of myself that I don't like. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that if you, Chris Holden Reed, you don't like that, it's actually maybe that conflict that makes it work so well. <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's yeah. compelling to watch. Yeah. And, it, you know, it worked. And yeah. it's interesting that I was like, I was also kind of the, the style of the show, like the style of the hair and the beard and stuff. It was so, yeah, it was so big. Like it took Sandy. Sandy was our brilliant hair guy. It took him and I like two, maybe season three, I think Dyson came into his own, but I was just looking at myself. I was like, I'm a poofy haired, like it's a bad haircut, like bad beard. There's really... <laughs> Not. It's funny that you see it that way. I don't see it that way at all. I have commented a lot on my own hair this for this whole season. And yeah. Sandy was incredible. I do think I had particularly good hair in this episode. You do. I had a good, had a good mane. You it was did. like I liked all the twistiness that he did. You know, it was it, it was kind of interesting and, and flattering. I thought for Bo. He did some bits. I remember like yeah. just seeing some of your hair designs with the, you know the wigs and stuff and like not the wigs but like the the um, yeah extensions and stuff um that just was like wow and sometimes you come out just like yeah like some of your warrior stuff i think that was like later on oh no that was i think even in the pot and what we saw as episode one i think where you're like fighting that um big yeah yeah i had some pretty awesome hair and it was kind of warrior like mm -hmm. i had a lot of like center braids yeah the big center braid very the, the long the long hair i know yeah. i know Hair. It's important. It's important. Uh, I feel like the most difficult or challenging thing was definitely the threesome for me. Um, although I do love Bo saying, you know, I think we need, or we're going to need a safe word because it kind of shows that she's enjoying her power um, mm -hmm. in a safe environment with other Faye. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to film. I mean, it's always weird. I Those know. lovely guest stars were nude and I was mostly nude. And um, I made out with more people in season one than yeah. ever than any, any other season. So that was just, you know, another day at the office for me. But it's always a little, it was hard to watch, you know, in the rewatch. I was like, oh. And, and this is what I, what, one of the things that clicked on me too in watching both these episodes back, back, back episodes back to back was just uh, how much skin time, we, you especially, but like oh, we definitely God. had to have. Yeah. Um, but we got it down by the end. We were just like, we got yeah. this. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> we're, um, we're, we're absolutely each other's education in, uh, yes. cinematic sex scenes. Yes. But we knew one thing we knew we were always going to be really well lit. <laughs> I took a lot of David solace Green. in that. Um, yeah. you know, David Green, who was our DP, who was incredible, who just made us look so good. He made us look good. He made the show look good. He made the, he, he really lit the people, mm -hmm. you know, uh, to look very, uh, cinematic and he won the award, I think that year for season one. I don't remember if it was for season one, but I do, I do know he, season, I mean, he's won yeah. many awards. He's just, he's an incredible, incredible DP. And, um, we were so lucky to have him. Yeah. Um, what worked or what didn't work in this episode? 
I think we've talked about a, a lot of things that, that worked. I have the same answer for both. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. Um, you go first. Okay. And you don't, you don't need to answer every question. It doesn't need to have an answer. Uh, and this is me really digging for an answer, by the way, the headless, the headless guy with the remote in his hand <laughs> to me, it looked kind of funny. Mm. And so I, th I was like, oh, that maybe that didn't work. And then I was like, but also it looked so kind of funny that it did work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it had a bit of humor. Just the, the, I, my memory is that DeMarco mm -hmm. stuck that remote in its hand. I don't mm. think like that was, that that's was his kind of the right. humor of it. Yeah. And that's what made it work for me. Yeah. I, I, I struggled with, we hadn't gotten our fight stuff down yet very well yet. And it was like, um, all those, those interactions, they, 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 they needed for me that I was like, uh, that needs more tuning, you know, whether a better rehearsal or, you know, it took us a while to get our fight stuff down. It did. It did. I mean, I feel like we, we were never, we never had enough time ever, yeah. ever, ever. We never had enough time to rehearse something or, I mean, for me, over the whole series, the fights that worked best for me were like the kind of fast and dirty ones where it was like, mm -hmm. Bo has like, there's four hits and mm -hmm. it's done, you know, cause it, mm -hmm. it looked really alive for me yeah. as opposed to trying to learn how to sword fight in a right. day and a half. And right. then suddenly, right. and like, it looks a bit lazy to me. Like I, you know, cause that's not Absolutely. a skill that I have. Right. Um, but and even with incredible doubles that I've had over the years, like it's just, I, I always liked it better when we kept it simple mm -hmm. for me. Um, you were, I mean, you're a really good fighter. I, I had some, I had some good scenes, but uh, even, even in, in scene one, I'm not season one. It was also just figuring out the, 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 the way we were going to shoot it on Lost Girl. Right. And like, yeah. it, it's yep. time for people to like kind of get on board of how we're, there Stop was it. some, that took a while to work out, I think. Mm -hmm. It really uh, did. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that that did show on occasion. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think, you know, yeah. I think overall we, we did pretty good. Uh, any behind the scenes memories or secrets from this episode? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what, do you have one? <laughs> I'm scared. Yes, no, it's 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 not appropriate. Oh, oh my <laughs> it's god! A secret. <laughs> it's a what? I'm saying it's staying a secret. It's staying a secret. Oh my uh, gosh! Uh, everyone listening, I will try to drag this secret out of Chris Holden Reed. Maybe when we're when we're done filming, yeah. and maybe um, give you a clue. Behind the scenes stuff. It was uh, it was my it was the first time working with Demarco, and it was. I had a difficult time with him in certain ways because he he treated the women and the men very differently, and like he was he was like downright rude to me sometimes, and like just like and I was like, hey man, we're we're all trying to do the same thing here, you know. Um, I didn't like Demarco at first, mm -hmm. and I found him actually I, I didn't like his his anyway. So that was the biggest struggle for me on that episode was actually getting to work with DeMarco and, and it took DeMarco and I till season two, like maybe three episodes together to really, and we had to have a sit down at some point. I was like, Hey man, this is how I work. And he was like, well, this is how I work. And I was like, okay, well, we got to find some common ground. Um, 
you know, and you, you know, he, he had, he had his issues. So. Uh, yeah. Well, he, I mean, he's a, a force beyond anything else, but right. I feel like for me personally in that season, he was a bit of a lifeline creatively for me because mm. I, I just felt that he lit some fire that mm. I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, and that was the first, and it was like, I mean, I, I, I think I wrote in a, a tribute to him that, you know, he would pull the rug out from under you with one hand and then lift you up higher than you ever thought possible with the other. That's nice. And I felt that with him, you know, mm-hmm. like he would do that a lot and it's, it was jarring and sometimes it really pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But in the end, as a creative, I needed someone to kind of grab my shoulders and shake me. And so, um, he was a breath of, of that for me in that episode. Uh, one of my behind the scenes memories that it's funny to watch it because, you know, we, the opening scene of this, uh, episode is the, is like the end, right? Like the, that's the first time I think we did that where we play the beginning and then it comes back the, the barn exploding and Kenzie and I running. Mm-hmm. And I remember on the day the barn actually exploded. <laughs> and then they put like extra fire in in post, yeah. but there was going to be a real explosion. So what this means for everybody listening is that there's a lot of people standing around with like special effects and like detonators and everyone's hiding behind things that protect them. And so, and then Chris is there with the car mm-hmm. and then Cassetti and I are there and we're like, okay, they're going to call a three, two, one action. And I just remember, you know, we have one take. And we got to run. And I remember they called three, two, one action and Cassandra and I booked it. I mean, we were, we were running so fast. We were like literally running for our lives because we knew it's that it was going up. to explode. And it did blow up. Yeah. It was so invigorating and scary. So I just remember yeah. that so well. And the other thing I remembered watching this, there's the scene in the um, lab, Lauren's lab. Mm-hmm. Oh, where the the get the fury is like losing her mind, mm. which was so sad actually to see. Her. It, but, was, um, it was. It was pretty dark. Was, I know, uh, <laughs> but then you you're there. You come in with the ash, right, Clay Bennett. Right. You come in, and he's got his incredible voice, and the whole scene happens. And then he look he would look at you and say, um, "Dyson, let's hope your news. performance. Or, yeah, like let's hope your performance improves." And yeah. he left, and I and we on the day we could not stop laughing because I think you don't say anything in that scene, right? So no. it, it, the joke was that it looked like he was trying to tell you, like, you better do better in this yeah. scene. Like, it, we were all laughing, is what I remember. I can't remember exactly why, but as actors, we were cracking up at that line. And I think you can see a little twinkle in Clay's eye when he says it because mm-hmm. we had been we had been laughing a lot doing that. Um. Which we never did otherwise on set. I mean, gosh. oh, never. We never laughed. We never had any fun. <laughs> we, oh had God, we had such fun so people fun. on this show. Like honestly, we what did. A good- we did, and I mean, look that the 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 experience of it has really led to doing this podcast because it has mm. it has an audience still. It has a young audience growing. To be honest, I mm-hmm. meet a lot of young, new fans. And frankly, I feel for watching this first season, the way that I've been watching it, um, is it's kind of timeless. The only thing that that sometimes happens is tech stuff. Like Dyson has a line at some point in one of the episodes where he says like, uh, 
humans. You know, you take away their big screens and their minivans. And I was like, big screens and minivans, man. Like, that's so old. <laughs> like, but it was kind of cool at the time, right? We're all um, on flip phones in that season. Yeah, I have flip phones and stuff. Like, that's the only thing that that kind of looks dated to me. But I feel like the show is timeless in the, you know, the storytelling of the sci-fi element obviously is timeless. But the relationships and why they mattered and why they mattered to people watching. Mm -hmm. So on that note, Mr. Holden Reed, we are going to wrap up episode four. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. It means a lot to me that you are here. Thank you very much for having me and for doing this for everybody. Honestly, thank you guys for tuning in uh, and both watching the show and watching this. And watching the podcast. Along the journey with this crazy little family. I know. Family, family first. Uh, thank you, everybody, lis- for listening to episode four of the Lost Girl Rewatch podcast. We will see you on the next one. Today's spotlight is a tribute to director Steve DeMarco, who passed away in December of 2020. Please join me and the cast as we remember him. What Steve DeMarco brought to the show was um, everything. Unbridled passion. Uh, Edginess, intelligence, and vitality. He could make you fly. He brought, he brought humor, he brought passion, he brought a wheelchair. (laughs) Energy. Oh my gosh. He brought excitement, energy. A creative, wild energy. An energy, uh, a sense of uh, adventure, and a deep sense of caring about the, um, ugh. the actor's performances. Like, he really, he cared, and he spent the time to make sure that everybody was on point and um, just really, he cared. Sorry. (laughs) Fearlessness. Uh, Fun. A lot of fun. And um, therapy. It is hard to put into words and articulate what Steve DeMarco meant to me personally. Because, of course, there was both the professional relationship that I had with him on set that also sort of morphed into this beautiful personal relationship that I had with him. Um, and I think the the wonderful thing about Steve was that he was able to marry those two relationships while also keeping a beautiful boundary, which is something I have not mastered. 
he was the personification, the the epitome of the um, you know, he was so profoundly dedicated to telling that story with everything in his being, you know, I really, uh, that like, that's what I was left with every time I worked with him, you know, um, he was always a hundred percent there with us, with the show, with the story. He was, he was like a fierce. Oh, here comes Steve, the crazy guy with the crazy look and the crazy way of working. A wheelchair with the camera rigged up. I, he actually got the the people, the like the he got the, <laughs> the grips and all those guys to rig up a little monitor <laughs> on the wheelchair. Uh, oh, it was so much fun. And I think uh, if I had to say though, the the number one thing that I really loved about him was that you know you sort of, and it was a real lesson for me too because you sort of saw Steve. And he's like tatted up and often wearing some sort of leather contraption. And and you could have an assumption about who he was. And he was really the antithesis of of that in in a way. He was a complete teddy bear. He loved that world. He loved getting in there and like, you know, mixing it up and being crazy. I mean, like most people won't know Steve, but he was he was six foot three. Always had his head shaved on the sides with a big silver mohawk, tattoos all over, wore, wore prodigy leather gear every day with big strapping um, um, combat docks. And, you know, like he was in an- He had like barbed wire tattooed all around his neck and like, like he was an intense dude. And, he brought that and he found in our weird little family uh, a home for that uh, weird intensity. Steve was like, he he was like an embodiment of what that show was about. You know, he is like very Canadian, um, really wild, very creative, an actor's director, um, and just had that gothic punk, um, didn't give a, fuck kind of attitude which uh you know a lot of the show embodied at times so and i have a i have a theory that he was Faye because there was something so unique and different about him that there's i there's he just he must have been Faye who came into you know, bless us with this positive uh, energy. Everything that that Lost Girl was and became really um, was in large part to what Steve DeMarco was able to bring out in the actors. And he just... created this... beautiful environment where I think we all had the chance to flourish. He brought you into his world and it made you feel so big and so uh, important that you could go in, you could go in and get on, walk on set and just, just 
nail it. He also was so supportive with us actors. He was a really fuck the man type of person. I'm here for you. What do you need? I'm your advocate. I'm your voice. And I don't think I've ever worked with another director like him in that same way. And like, yeah, I'm so happy that you're, that you're keeping his memory and spirit alive. Yeah. In thinking about what to say about him today, I wrote a tribute to him on Instagram after he passed away, and I feel like I would just like to read it. Steve DeMarco was a force of nature. To say he supported actors is an understatement. He supported me and supported the character I played like no one else. He was a tornado of creativity that ripped through our set and left a community of very alive and happy actors in his wake. He would pull the rug out from under you with one hand and lift you up higher than you ever thought possible with the other. And even though his exterior reflected a man who did not want to be challenged, he did want to be challenged. He wanted to dig into everything with everyone. And when he smiled, that real, beautiful, boyish smile, I felt every bit of the warm, caring man that he was. I lost touch with Steve after the show ended, and I wish I hadn't. We wouldn't have been the, sh- the show we were without him. I really miss you, Steve. I wish you were still here. The world is a little less magical without you in it. Yeah, Steve was a... you special. Steve's figured it out. He's figured out the formula and no one else could keep up. Rest in peace, sir. Forces of nature don't die. They transform. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lost Girl Rewatch podcast, which is produced by Anna Silk, Rachel Scarston, and Seth Cooperman, with theme music by our very own Blood King, Rick Howland. Please rate, review, and share the Lost Girl Rewatch podcast. This enables us to grow and to continue bringing you exciting new content every week. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram and on our YouTube channel at Lost Girl Rewatch. You can also subscribe to Patreon for exclusive bonus episodes made just for you and get early access to all of our episodes. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.